0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Collective Clicks Podcast. This is your host, Brandon Bateman. And today I have for you the fifth video in a series that I did with Robert Wensley and Jerry Norton. This video dives a lot into specifically local versus national markets. How many exit strategies should your business have? How many marketing channels for your business should your business have? Honestly, in this industry, there's a lot of people telling you you have to run a business one way or another way. I'm going to break down a more centered conversation around the topic and talk about the different ways that you can do it and why you might choose to go one direction versus another people ask themselves the wrong question the question they ask themselves is which market is the best
1: it always just be allocating my money to where it's getting the highest return
0: The easiest way to win a game is to change the game you're playing.
2: Okay. Welcome back to another video in this series where we're breaking down PPC, really everything you need to know to be successful at PPC as a marketing channel in your wholesale real estate business. Whether you're first getting started or you're at that scale phase, or maybe you're even at the like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing really big things right now. At some point, PPC is going to become an integral part of your business because every major wholesale operation is using PPC. So if you've missed any of the previous videos, please go back and watch those. We've kind of followed somewhat of a sequence, you know, throughout this series. This one, we're gonna really dive in. Thank you, Rob and Brandon for being here. We're gonna really dive into strategy around your PPC campaigns. And and I think Brandon wants to talk a little, maybe a little bit about budgets and, and maybe location, a lot of like what market, what location, maybe timing around when you do your, your spends and, and just the overall strategy. And this is really important, whether you have an agency or you're doing it yourself or whatever you've, you, you because you have to communicate this and get clear on this, correct?
0: Yeah, absolutely. The way it works with most agencies is they'll just ask you, like, where do you want your ads to be targeted? <laughs> what do you want your budget to be? Yeah. What kind of schedule do you want on them? And the level at which you understand how to answer those questions can determine the success of the campaign. Because the way that most agencies view it is you give them parameters to work within. them. Like I'm willing to buy houses in these areas and at these times, et cetera. And their job is to optimize everything as much as possible within the parameters. One thing that we've been really successful with at Bateman Collective is working with our clients on what those parameters should be. Um, Coaching them on
2: that. That yes. way. Yeah. Because yeah. you want you don't you don't want to be set up to fail. Like, hey, here's right. what I want. And you're like, well, that ain't gonna work, but okay, it's your money. Like yeah, that no, does no one wins with that.
0: Yeah, no, nobody wins with that. And and while I do believe it's fair for there to be a lot of focus on how do you optimize within those parameters, sometimes the easiest way to win a game is to change the game you're playing, right? To one that you're more likely to win. Yeah. And I think thinking about it that way is is a good way um, to, to be successful.
2: I mean, that's very much how you approach disposition too.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, when we have companies that come in that I'm consulting with, like back when I first started InvestShift, I'd sell the software, but then I'd also say, hey, I'm going to consult with you to try to get you to seven figures a month. And you know, the first thing I looked at, the first thing I'd always do on every company is I'd ask them, which markets are you in? Because a lot of times you can take the exact same monthly investment or marketing, you can take the exact same team, the exact same processes, and just change one thing, change the markets. And just changing that one thing can oftentimes double or triple the profitability of a company. Mm. We've done that so many times where a business is stuck at 100 grand a month or whatever, and all we do is just change the markets and 2 3 months later they're doing 300 400,000 a month so it's it's really critical you you got to get this down you got to understand and and people then they always want a list of the markets here what's the list of the markets <laughs> that's not the right way to think about it what how do you think about it
0: i think there's a there's a few layers to it right yeah. there, there's two models i'm fond of Okay, let's call it three models. (laughs) Because people have success in different levels and in different
1: ways, right? And it's a changing environment.
0: It's a changing environment. And for me to just say, like, this works for Robert, so I'm going to do that, doesn't mean it'll work for me. So that's like something I take a lot of pride in is is understanding when things fail or succeed, not just if they did, but why they did. And then you can deconstruct it and you can understand how to make it even better. So there's a few business models I'm fond of. One thing I'm sure a lot of people listening to this do already is they're just in one market. Right. They yeah. just do like,
1: which I think is a huge mistake. Their
2: backyard typically, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and here's the, to, to show you how polarizing this is, I just, I heard somebody say just the other day, like every top wholesaler in the United States is in, is basically nationwide. And I've heard someone else just a few weeks earlier say the exact same thing about one market, <laughs> saying you can't be nationwide. Everybody's you got this polarizing. You're polarizing. Yeah. When people say
1: nationwide, <clears throat> there's this common misconception that, they, people think that you're targeting the entire United States. No. And like when the, and this is, I think we were partly responsible for this. Like when me and Nick and some of these guys started doing really big numbers, we would call ourselves nationwide wholesalers. When we said nationwide, we we're typically in six to 12 markets spread out across the nation. We didn't mean that we are, you know, just in every single city across America. Like we were very strategic about mm. which handful of cities we're in.
0: The point is flexible. Like you, yeah, you don't flexible. say this is my backyard, so I do business there. You yeah. say, where is the best place for me to do business? Yeah. That's where I'm going to do it, which is, which is a different strategy. So I'll be clear because I know people on both sides of this. I know people with three to $4 million a month real estate businesses that are in the single market. And yeah. I know people who have done similar things on a national scale. I think there's two ways to grow a business. Number one is one marketing channel, many markets. That's kind of what yeah. you advocate for. Cause that's what you have personal experience right. with and has worked well for you Yeah, do Google ads be in a lot of markets, or you could be in a lot of marketing channels in one market. Right. Just two different ways to attack it. And some companies will get into many marketing channels in many markets, but that's, a that's tougher. it's tougher. And it's not something that you need to figure out to get to, um, the revenue numbers that most people are trying to get yeah. to—it's something that you have to figure out to get far beyond that. Yeah.
2: Uh, How do you make that choice? I mean, is that just a preference? Uh, a lot of people just like their backyard. They understand it. They know it. They can comp really easy. You know what I mean? Like they know that side of the street's better than that side of the street. They got boots on the ground. Like there's all the leverage of a backyard market. Now it limits you in some ways for like scalability, but it it tends. I mean, one thing's for one thing certain is that real estate is is territorial. It is market specific. Yeah. Right. Like this market's different than that market and that market's different. And and for the most part, a team, maybe not for wholesale real estate, but for the most part, you know, you, you set up some kind of like team in a local area. And then if you go over here, it's a different team for that area. You know, so what, what's the pros and cons of that? I mean, this is a question, this is a debate or not a debate, but a conversation that Rob and I have all, all the time. I have it a lot with people like do you go virtual or do you stick to what you know and trust? And it's also day? beyond just one market versus
1: multiple markets. The other thing is like, are we doing appointments or not doing appointments? That's Are physical. we Polar a, yeah, a, a face-to-face sales? Some people just want to do that. Like I, I had a conversation with a guy that raised $60 million for his house buying company. And uh I'm like, which markets are you in? He just lists a couple. I'm like, why aren't you in more markets? This is insanity. He's like, well, we're just really good at belly to belly sales. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I mean, okay, that's fine. So some people really love that.
0: It's different models. Yeah.
1: Other people are like, hey, you know what? I love more. I love the flexibility mm-hmm. of being able to spin in and out of markets. If one market sucks, I want to be able to pop into another one, and replace them, cycle them in and out. But you got to realize then you're a phone sales company, you're not a belly belly sales company.
0: Yeah. Or you're a really complicated <laughs>
1: belly-to-belly sales company. <laughs> some guys yeah. have tried that. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know that doesn't what? work I, out very well.
0: Yeah. And, and what I kind of generally understand is it's, it's fair to expect that you could have some advantages being belly-to-belly. Yeah. You might be able to close slightly better exit strategies. You probably have more available. Yeah. So I get that. But if you're virtual, especially with channels like PPC, you can bring your lead costs significantly lower. Right. And that can compensate for some of those other challenges that you could run into. The one model I don't like is virtual in one market. I don't know why anybody does that. If you're going to be virtual anyways, you might as well have the flexibility of being in multiple markets. But our clients kind of fall into two categories. There's the person who pays like a high cost per lead. They have a lot of other marketing channels. So PBC is just one thing on top of that. They're really good at closing leads in their local market. Like if they don't... You, I know you know Cody Hoffine. well mm-hmm. great example of someone like this if on his team if you were to call in you' a PPC lead and if you don't uh, if you don't answer the phone when they call you they would literally knock on your door to try to lock up your
2: property well, they're because an they can do company. that yeah because they're an
0: appointment company yeah.
2: right they're very ter it's territories yes a lot of my Joe homebuyer partners they're I mean all of them they're in their territory and the model is to go on appointment and and they believe strongly and I I, I get it like If I can build a relationship with you eyeball to eyeball, I'm going to get a higher chance of getting that deal than someone trying to close on the phone. Yeah. I I guess if you can get get there there soon enough.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. And and I think a lot of companies also have like both options available, you know, so you can knock it up on the phone or in person. But I guess Cody's game is like awesome exit strategies, a lot of variety of options there belly to belly sales, close a really high percentage of your leads. You pay a high cost per lead, but you get really good at monetizing them really well. And then you have to stack a bunch of marketing channels together to get the revenue that you want versus more the channel that I'm like, I'm McDonald's. I'm doing one thing
1: really simply because I just want to take over everything.
0: But a lot of people, they would say like focus. Is one market, not one marketing channel or one exit strategy. Whereas you would argue that, like, be diversified on
1: market, focused on strategy. One oh, channel. The reason being yeah. is I think this game is all about building competitive advantage. And if you spread yourself across too many marketing channels, you only have so every time you spend a dollar on marketing, you're gaining two things. Number one, you're, you're gaining a return on investment, hopefully. But number two, you're also gaining that information that will then help you. Spend smarter the next time. So if you're spreading that, so every time you're, you're running tests on any marketing channel, you're getting a little bit better on that marketing channel. But I would rather like put that all on one and just build a competitive advantage on that one way faster, way stronger. And I also like to, you know, like I said, I know like the dollar per hour down to the dollar of each of my sales guys, what they sell per hour, like everything is so dialed in. I mean, if they fall below their like median threshold, dollar per hour of what they sell, I can look at like six numbers and know exactly why it is in 30 seconds. Like that's the level of granularity I like to have in my businesses where everything is super data driven. Because to be honest, I'm a nerd, right? I like to be super data driven and always know why. Why is something going up? Why is something going down? But there's another whole school of guys that are like the hustlers. The hustlers where it's all about just like, hey, we're gonna show up and grind. We're show up and grind. Okay. If we didn't have results this month, it's because we didn't show up and grind, <laughs> right? Your PBC
0: is hard because you're just sitting there, just waiting for it exactly. <laughs> to so come I, to you.
1: I don't like that. That makes me feel uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, and I totally get what you're saying, Robert. And also it's worth saying that so much of like, I think a lot of the reasons that people don't go into multiple markets really come down to limiting beliefs because that's not how they've done it before. Like, cause a lot of the people in this industry, they've been in this industry for a minute and before tools like Investor Lift. And before things like COVID that made phone sales a lot more normal in this industry, it wasn't, it's not like it was impossible to do virtual as a business, but it wasn't normalized and Mm -hmm. it definitely was the unusual thing to do. So I think part of this is just the the overall trend. Most of the time when I talk to people, the reasons that they don't want to go virtual are just made up in their head. Mm, I
2: agree.
0: Now it is like, I do think, you, let's just say you have a business that's operating in a single market and you have a decent sized team, SOPs built out, all of that. SOPs are like standing op- standard operating procedures. If you're going to launch a national model, I do think in some ways you have to think of it like entering a new line of business. Or building a separate business because the the processes can be kind of different so that's where i've seen like you don't want to think of it as just the same thing you've been doing because you do have to operate differently um but so you either have to be willing
2: markets yeah yeah
0: yeah. and like doing virtual acquisitions is a whole different process than in-person acquisitions and being able to find buyers anywhere is way different than finding buyers in one market where you just have all your buyers on the list i mean uh,
2: at least if you're going to do multiple marketing channels the smart thing would be like what robert said go go vertical deep on one before you introduce another. Yeah. Because what happens is, is we tend to go, we tend to be like a handyman with marketing where we're, we're okay at a lot, but not really good at any. Yeah. Just like a handyman is right. And that's a big problem because if you don't, I mean, direct mail is its own animal. There's so much nuance. There's so many things to it. It takes time. You really got to put a lot of effort to get really good at it. Mm -hmm. And so like, but if you're just like grab a template, off the internet and starts mailing to it, yeah. thinking that you're gonna crush it, you're not. There's too many things yeah. to learn around how to do that well.
1: Yeah, and like my, my other argument against like going all in on one channel, Google Ads, <clears> and <throat> going to multiple, mar- multiple markets is like, as a business owner, your job is to allocate resources most efficiently. So a lot of times when I jump on a call with a CEO of a company, one of the first things I'm going to ask them is, okay, what is your return on ad spend per marketing channel? And a lot of times I'll get on a call they'll be like, hey, we're doing 8x return on ad spend on our Google Ads. That's our number one channel. And we're doing 4x return on ad spend on our direct mail. I'm like, okay, and how much are you spending on each show? Oh, well, we're doing $50,000 a month on Google Ads, and we're doing $50,000 a month on <laughs> direct mail. I'm like, so... <clears throat> <laughs> Why don't Everybody you just peel sh- off the problem? direct now? <laughs> take that fifty thousand and spend it all on digital, and you'll make twice as much of a return because you're doing four X on one channel. You know, so you should always they see go that.
2: deep. Clearly, they see that. They though, don't. right? Is it a diversification thing? So or that's what the is counter argument. like, yeah. well,
1: you know, I don't want to go all in on Google yeah. in case like something goes bad. Yeah, I'm like, dude, like. Okay, but you're also all in on one market, which means you're carrying all the market risk. Anyway. If that market's going up, you're going up. If that market's going up, like I'll give you an example. Q4 and Q1, wholesalers got crushed because we are going through an adjustment period. Okay, Wholesalers, do you find when we're down here? We do find when we're up here. We don't actually care where the prices are. We just get crushed on the adjustment. Because it takes a while for sellers' fall expectations yeah. just to, align. to align. The buyers are looking six months ahead. Yeah. The sellers are looking six months ahead. So behind. buyers adjust quickly. Sellers adjust slowly. Exactly. So we've gone through that on the East Coast. The East Coast is now normalized. People are back. It's back to normal operating. Expectations have aligned. Phoenix still isn't there. So all the guys that were all in on Phoenix, only doing Phoenix, they're still struggling. They're, they're really hurting. Because sellers are still stuck on yesterday's they prices. They went all yeah, And they, in that market, yeah, even if the retail carried, prices
0: didn't change that much, buyers are now buying at 65% of
1: Yeah, they want to go back instead to the of 90 Yeah. So the <laughs> Phoenix, guys, you could sell it like 100% of ARVs yeah, once before. Yeah. yeah. So, like the guys that went all in on one market th- made the decision to carry all that market risk. They might have diversified their risk on marketing channels by having multiple marketing channels. But they know. carried all of that market risk; therefore, they're still hurting. I, I would really rather spread my risk on markets and be able to turn, get in and out of markets like I'm getting in and out of stocks, and always just be allocating my money to where it's getting the highest return.
0: Mm. Yep, yeah, I and interesting I,
2: perspective. Yeah,
0: and it's it's becoming more popular, but yeah. still fairly unique in, in the space. And we have but clients involved. For, in for people
2: watching that are working in a backyard market, you also see success with that as well.
0: We do, it's just, you have to know the model. The model is you have to be the best in that market and monetizing those leads. So when you're competing, and this all goes back to the bid theory, right? When you're bidding against Robert, who's a national, wholesaler, or I don't know if you want to call it national, but you get what I'm saying, where he's flexible across markets. He's in your market. When he's underwriting what value he can buy things for, you have to be able to bid twice as much because you need, you're the guy that's going to the auction where they're selling hundred widgets and you need to buy hundred widgets, right? So that means that you got to be able to pay more money than him. Which means that you have to have a really solid monetization strategy. You have to have all the right exit strategies, options to help every seller. And yeah. you have to do
1: innovations and LLS yeah, yes. and flips, and, and that that makes and sense. Things. The guys that that go just to, like look at Tiffany High, for example. You know, she really loved Tiffany High. She does great operational training, but if you look at people that run operations, she has to teach all the different exit strategies. Because yeah. you have to. Yeah. Well, yeah. They have like now 17
0: now. marketing channels and they've got every exit strategy you've ever heard of because they're one market, build it high. That's right. And and that's me kind of, too.
2: I'm With my partners, it's like, hey, you better be able to do low cash. You better be able to do creative. You better be able to do innovation, and maybe even list it for sale for them with a real estate license. Yeah. And we got to be able to maximize every single lead because we're in a territory... And this is our playground, yeah. so we better dominate the playground.
0: Yep, and that's a model, and I'm cool with that. I'm cool with yeah. the other model. I'm just not cool with virtual in one market. It just doesn't make yeah. any okay. sense. There's a lot of people doing that because what? Because the, the people ask themselves the wrong question. The question they ask themselves is which market is the best, and then they will go choose it. The way that this actually works is the more markets you're in with PPC, the cheaper Jeez. the cost per lead will yeah.
1: be because you need you need to you need a certain amount of volume. The problem that people, the most common problem that I see with people is they want to get 100 leads per month, but they're only getting 30. It's the volume. And I always tell them, there's a simple solution to that. You just need to have more markets.
2: Now, let me ask you this. What about the market nuance of just understanding the market that's easily overcome? Would you agree? Meaning like how to comp a property, how to understand... School Somewhat. districts and you know people fail with it still, but like and there's, there's, there's ways. Well, on both, but like, but, but that to me that's, me, that's a that's a, just an education you have to go through. Yeah,
1: there's a there's an onboarding period for each market. Like yeah. it's going to take you three to six months to really understand that market before it's really flowing. That's and why you people, can't just pop in and out. Like that's why I don't again believe in having like a hundred markets. Because you shouldn't know the markets you're in. You should start building relationships with the buyers. You should understand that this street is great. But if you go one street over, right.
2: no one buys there. Yeah, you got to learn all that nuance of a market. But that's, again, that's an, I call that just investing in your market, becoming a market expert. And that that intimidates a lot of people doing virtual because they're like, man, I don't know anything about Richmond, Virginia, Yeah. right? So I got to learn Richmond, Virginia. Well, yeah, but you can get through that learning curve in a few months and then you, if you're looking at enough stuff, you're going to learn it very yeah. quickly.
1: Pro tip, one of the ways to learn a market really quick, you can get a crime heat map. Just look at the crime heat maps. They'll tell you exactly where you should buy and where you shouldn't buy. That's funny.
2: Just stay so away from you the buy high there crime. or do you not buy stay there? Stay the hell oh. away from the high crime areas. <laughs>
0: but I think where people get tripped up is they just assume, if I want to invest in these other markets, I have to be equally good in those markets as I am in my home market. Yeah. but. You have to just, you have to picture if my business had twice as many leads than I do today with the same amount of marketing budget. If once in a while I trip and I fall on my face because I didn't understand that that side of that street isn't quite as good as, as on the other side of that street or whatever the case is, are those mistakes going to add up to more or less than 50% of my revenue? It's something that you have to think about. And that's why often diversifying across markets.
2: I love how you just take, how you just. Take the, you look at the analytics of all of this and it's not just one thing, right? It's what do you, what are you gaining? What are you giving up? And how do you bring that all together to make an educated decision? And
1: you can build a great successful business with either strategy. The question is what kind of business you want to run? Some people just love that belly to belly sales and buying a house over the phone just makes them cringe. If that's you go deep in one market. But for guys like me, where I'm just like, Hey, I want to diversify my risk. I want to run everything with perfect analytics. Always know why things are moving up or moving down, and have flexibility and agility. Belly to belly sales makes me cringe. I'm like, that's the last thing I want to do. Because you're tied. It's yeah. it's
0: uh, it it's means a you house. have
1: to be. It means you have to be there.
0: So so the way this works, like I'll just give you an example. I know you love like working with on market stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just say. You can send unlimited offers on the MLS with the push of a button, right? So let's just say you go in and and you're just only going to send offers to 10 houses, but you have to buy one house. Okay. What percentage of ARV are you going to send that offer at? 50%. If you have to get one house, you put it at 50%. You're
2: saying if I, if I make 10 offers and I have to buy a house, you you must buy one house. Yeah. I'm going to go as high as I can. You, You have to go high. Yeah, you have to go high. Versus
0: if you could do the entire United States and submit offers at some percentage oh, of on
1: everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that's a great thought
2: analogy. That is really, yeah. really Now I can move 40% because I'm... Because you, can you go still need one, right? So the number of properties of is
0: what matters. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the Google Ads auction. You're basically putting these bids in on these clicks. So you can underwrite really aggressively and try to buy at a deep discount if you're across a bunch of markets because you don't need the volume. You don't have to win that bid. If you're Very in one market, you have to win it. So if you're in one market, the goal is how do I build my business model in such a way that I can be the highest bidder? If you're in many markets, then the game is how do I get really good at getting a deep, deep discount on my leads? And then maybe I'm not as good as Jerry, who lives in Phoenix, at working leads in Phoenix. But if I'm half as good, and I have a third the cost per lead, then maybe I can come out on top. So that makes sense.
1: sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It, yeah. And this is also why you don't see the nation where guys way and flipping.
2: So I kind of think what we've what we've deciphered here is so there's no right or wrong answer between backyard or virtual. What we have identified is if you are going to do one market, so even if that's virtual, so one market, what tends to happen is you're going to have to go through multiple verticals and you're going to be the highest bidder because you're going to have to maximize your area, right? Versus a virtual over many markets or more than one market, you know, however you define that, now you can you can spread out through that while still at the same spend or maybe even lower because now you can you're going over a bigger territory or bigger demographic.
0: That that's exactly right. And some people think that more markets means you need more budget, but it's not true. Yeah, that's not at all how it works.
2: Yeah. So at, at least if it, if anything, what we've done is we've given you some things to think about where you can now more logically kind of make decisions around what you're doing, right? And I think that's, this is really helpful because most people think backyard virtual, it's about lifestyle or preference or whatever, but there's also some science behind what you're doing here and how you're doing it. So your business is going to look much different if you're one market going on appointment, multiple marketing channels versus close on the phone, virtual, many markets. It's a totally different model in how you're going to approach it.
0: Yes. And you probably can't do both at the same time.
1: Big one.
2: Go all in on that. Yeah,
0: totally agreed.
2: Awesome. Well, that's really helpful, guys. If you want more information about how to get started with your PPC. We're going to put some links in the description. There's a really cool toolkit that Brandon put together with some free resources, and then also some more information about how you can um, maybe reach out to his agency if you want help with your PPC, and even some training in there as well. So really great information. Check that out in in those links in the description, and we'll see you guys on the next video.